Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for our Saturday conversation. I've got Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas alongside me. Uh, Paul, you and I were doing a little uh, re uh, trying to trying to get going this morning on on this topic. There are so many good games today. It is uh, a smorgasbord. I think is the best way to put it of college football from start to finish. Really, there are really good games out there. Uh, let's start, of course, uh, as we normally do with the Longhorns. Uh, Texas going to Baylor. Uh, at 6.30 on ABC. Longhorns favored by 14 and a half, 15. Uh, Texas uh, trying to uh, continue the win streak here. They're 3-0, and uh, but this is the first conference game. And really, Paul, this is a, a theme throughout college football. This is the first weekend where almost everything is a, a uh, conference game, right? And Texas starts with Baylor at Baylor. Baylor's been a, a little bit of a thorn in Texas's side in some years. Uh, but they came back and beat Baylor last year. What are your thoughts on this game going into it? Yeah, you know, Texas has lost four of the last six in Waco, but Texas has won six of the last eight overall. Uh, generally, too, those weren't great Texas teams, and they were generally playing pretty good Baylor teams. So that's probably not an unexpected result. I don't think there's anything magical about Waco. Although you are talking to a guy, a young Paul Wadlington saw the Grant Taft final game in 1992. And there was some magic going on there, but it was black magic, Bobby, because uh, the officials decided to get involved in giving Grant an old send-off. On, on, uh, on the uh, Inside Texas roundtable that we produce every Friday before the game, you and I had the same answer on that. Uh, what is the most memorable Baylor game? And I, you and I wrote the same thing in just different ways. Uh, I called it, and I apologize for the language here, but I called it a, a screw job. I mean, it was the worst rough game uh, that I saw uh, Texas come on on the losing end of. Uh, it was it was just horrible. But I, I talked to, to David Smoke uh, at uh, the uh, 365 Sports uh, broadcast on YouTube. He's a he's lives in Waco, big Baylor uh, guy, very tight in with that university, uh, either with the athletic department and or the coaching staff. He says that right now Baylor he he wonders if Baylor has a talent problem because they're just not showing it like they have in years past. Uh, he, that being said, uh, he goes, you, don't, you never know what you're going to find on the college football Saturday. You think that Baylor's got a talent issue, or is it just a, a, an all-hands-on-deck all issue where you just don't know what's going on up there right now? I think they've got a talent issue. Yeah, I think they're transitioning from a Matt Rule approach. Where So a couple of things. So Matt Rule had a – approach, which I loved, I wrote about it years ago when I first identified it, that I'm going to go get every three-star with a high spark score. Just great athletes who may not necessarily be great football players yet. And I'm a professional football coach with a good staff, and we've got long-term contracts, and we're going to take these great athletes and turn them into football players. And that's what he did. And uh, the NFL draft can attest to that. You know, Baylor's last good team under Aranda was the bulk of Rule's last recruits. They had six guys drafted, Bobby. That's that's not nothing. And I think people in the media, and I've written about this, I've talked about it a lot, people in the media really struggle with the idea of Big 12 development cycles. The idea that a class comes up and they peak and they're all good and that's the core of your football team and then they all graduate. And I've been fading TCU since last year, well before they played Colorado. I was telling everybody, fade TCU. 
And we've got everybody, you know, everybody's voting them in preseason polls at 13 and 12 and 11. And I was just like, it doesn't work that way. Uh, they, they just lost eight guys to the draft. They're not, they're not freaking Georgia. So I think Baylor is a little talent shy. I do think they got some really athletic guys, but I don't think they're necessarily well suited to their roles or they're not complete football players. But yeah, I do think the other thing, the other thing that with Matt rule is his last year when he maxed at Baylor, he understood he was riding the coaching escalator. He, he was out of Baylor, whether Baylor folks knew it or not. And he recruited like it. So he left Dave Aranda, a, basically a no class. And Aranda had a little bubble there. Uh, Baylor did work the portal in the offseason, but I don't think they worked the portal with a plan. I think they worked the portal with desperation. Trying yeah, they to were trying to like put put fingers in the in the holes of the dam. Yes. I, I agree with that. Hey, the 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 other thing is is obviously the Texas side of this. Uh, what are you looking for from Quinn Ewers? Because he seems to be the, the million dollar question in Austin. We're gonna get uh, good Quinn or bad Quinn is your question. Or somewhere in between. I mean. Look, that, that's 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 it, because that's the question every Texas fan has right now. So we've seen good Quinn against Bama for five and a half quarters, right? Five quarters. Yep. Uh, we've seen bad Quinn against TCU, for example, or Oklahoma State last year. And we've seen game manager Quinn against Kansas State and Iowa State, if y'all recall. If we get game manager Quinn or good Quinn, Texas is going to win this game comfortably. Uh, if we get bad Quinn, this could get interesting. I think the bigger issue in this game for Baylor is the Texas defense because that Texas defense really gives the horns a nice floor that even if they play really poorly on offense, as they did against Wyoming, uh, if the game, if the score doesn't budge above Baylor 10 or Baylor 13 or Baylor seven, it's hard for them to win the game, right? Uh, Baylor needs to score in the twenties if they have a hope of an upset. And I think that will be difficult unless you've got a bunch of offensive turnovers, short fields, or just crazy acts of God. Yeah, I, I, I think we both have the Horns winning fairly comfortably here. Comfortably, two scores at least. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it just all depends how this game plays out. Uh, turnovers will likely play a role. Special teams good. Anything funky could kind of could kind of mess that up. But uh, Longhorns, uh, a you know, double-digit favorite here against a conference foe. Um, yep. hey, uh, Paul, let's let's go to the next thing. Uh, we're going to do this a little bit differently today because there are so many good out-of-conference games. Uh, for example, we're going to do it by time period so you guys can watch along. Kind of The 11 o'clock time frame in the Big 12 is OU at Cincy. Oklahoma favored by 14. SMU at TCU. TCU now favored by six, only six and a half. So that's in conference. Out-of-conference, it's a big one for the ACC, period. Clemson travels to Florida State. These could be the top two teams in that league, and they're going to meet in game one of the conference. So um, just Bobby, quick, you flipped it. It's actually Florida State traveling to Clemson. Oh, sorry. My my bad. I got you. Um, yep. That's at 11. Who, who's favored in that game, Paul? I didn't write that. Florida down. State is favored by two. Okay. So even, the, even on Clemson's turf, they're favored in depth, Death Valley? I think a lot of people watch that Duke game, Bobby. Yeah, I think they did too, but they may not have watched the Boston College game last I, week. That's exactly uh, with FSU. Right. Um, especially if FSU's on the road. Uh, so, look, uh, let's start in the Big 12. OU, Cincy, 
since he lost to Miami of Ohio last week, for goodness sakes. Yes. Um, is that is this a game that OU should dominate? Should be. Uh, look, I think OU's got some bully in them. And when they play bad teams, they blow them out. Yeah. I think when they get a little resistance, they come down to earth in, in a disproportionate way. And so we're not going to find out a lot about OU maybe until they play Texas. But there may be an opportunity to find out about OU against Cincinnati for a couple of reasons. So one, Cincinnati has a very inconsistent but athletic dual threat quarterback in Emory Jones. Emory won the starting job at Florida, uh, was sort of erratic, was capable of big plays, also a turnover factory. He got benched, transferred to Arizona State, started there for a couple of games, same deal, got benched. He had an amazing debut for Cincinnati and against Miami of Ohio, he uh, played poorly and, and he didn't get benched, but he turned it over a few times and, and wasn't super clutch. So I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I just think OU is the better team here. Uh, Cincinnati does have a pretty decent defensive front. So OU has shown some weakness on their interior defensive offensive line, I should say. So pay attention to that matchup because it, whether whatever the scoreboard is, pay attention to how OU's O-line are handling Cincinnati's D-line because uh, Texas has the D-line most similar to Cincinnati's interior D-line. And that might be a little bit of a, a presaging of what we'll see in Dallas. Gotcha. Um, the, the, the FSU, which way are you going on FSU-Clemson? Boy, <sighs> I would have been FSU hard had not that Boston College game not happened. Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm going to chalk that up to to travel and to uh, frankly not being too enthused. I mean, they were up 31-10 at one point. Yeah, I mean, and it's a young, it's a young. It, when you go on the road like that and you're not used to being the number three or four team in the country, look, games like that happened to Texas last week, even though they weren't on the road. Boston College had a very uh, nifty little dual threat quarterback who just gave them real trouble. Uh, I think Clemson has some fundamental problems in their program right now. And I think I like Florida state on the road, as crazy as that sounds. I think Clemson's beaten them seven of the last eight, Bobby. They just yeah. dominated the series, but I think the worm turns and I just think Florida state's probably got too many weapons outside. And then I I'm not sure about what Clemson's really doing on offense to tell you the truth. No real playmakers outside for them. Got it. All right. The two thirty matchups in the big 12 alone, a really intriguing one to me in Lawrence. BYU goes to KU. BYU beat Arkansas on the road, but Kansas is favored by nine at home in Lawrence. That is like, take this back 10 years, and those numbers would be switched between those two programs. Uh, Texas Tech goes to West Virginia. Uh, the, the Red Raiders favored by six. And then, wow, I don't know who's going to watch this game. Oklahoma State and Iowa State, they may be watching paint dry. Neither team can score. Um, that's a three o'clock kick on FS1. Those are the two. Uh, those are the three uh, conference games. Who do you got? BYU, KU. I like the Jayhawks. I've, I've been optimistic and rosy on them since I wrote my preseason preview. Uh, I I picked them to have a winning record in the Big Twelve, Bobby. Uh, I, I think Kansas State. I think Kansas is going to go eight and four this year. Uh, I think they're going to a bowl. I think they're going eight and four. I think uh, Daniels is going to get national attention as, the, as the, the, the standout quarterback that he is. That said, BYU, I think, showed something on the road against Arkansas. I mean, I think Arkansas is a lower-tier SEC school, but 
But hey, that's not an easy place to play, as, as Texas fans can attest. Uh, and ultimately, I think I like Kansas's dynamism on offense. I don't know that BYU runs well enough on defense. And they've had some injuries at safety. That's not good. You don't, you don't want the words injuries at safety before you face the Kansas Jayhawks and that yeah. multiple offense. Uh, RPOs out the wazoo, crazy formations, unbalanced alignments, you know, tackle over, all sorts of crazy stuff. And they combine it all, they dress it all up. And then Jalen Daniels, if the, if the play call doesn't work, the dude scrambles around and runs for nine yards. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough one for Texas next weekend. Uh, Texas Tech goes to West Virginia. What Red Raiders favored by six. West Virginia has not played a bad brand of ball this year. They beat Pitt uh, earlier this year. What What are your thoughts on that one? I, I think this is just a, a talent differential. Uh, West Virginia knows who they are, and they play really hard. And that, that is a tribute to Neil Brown. But they're just not very talented top to bottom on their roster. Now, Tech hasn't exactly been – the most composed program. Uh, they have that road loss in Wyoming. Uh, they had the the crazy ending to the Oregon game at home. Uh, but ultimately, I think they're the better roster. They're the better team. Uh, if they go in and lose at West Virginia, whoo, there's gonna be, things are going to be real interesting in Lubbock for for Joey McGuire and and for Tech because that's going to be a real blow to their confidence. But I, I expect they'll go in there and take care of business, maybe in a close game though. Yeah, I, I think that they will, too. I would not be surprised if West Virginia didn't make them bite their nails a little bit with this one. Uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Iowa State favored by three and a half. What's the final score? Six to three? I mean, who wants to watch this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll say this. The first first word goes on on Texas football. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> okay. Please edit that out. That's uh, okay. That was a technical term. But, uh, well, here's the deal. When you have two bad teams playing each other, there's four main units. The offense, the offense, the defense, the defense. Yeah, yeah. Of those four, which is the dominant, actually good unit? Which team has that unit? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You would think maybe Iowa State's defense, but I don't know that they're that all that good this year. I mean... I think they're good. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah, I think they're good, and I think nothing's changed there. I think all the other two offenses are putrid, disgusting. Uh, and then I think Oklahoma State's defense, I'm not sure they're good. I mean, that's not, not that you need to be good to stop Iowa State, but ultimately you probably just rely on the home team with the, with the superior unit, and that's the Iowa State's defense. A lot of talks about a revolt almost of sorts in, in Stillwater. Uh, a player revolt. I don't know if that's going to come to pass or what have you, but there have been some rumors. Uh, the national games at 2.30 are outstanding. Incredible. I'm just going to put it out there. Colorado, Oregon at 2.30 on ABC. UCLA, Utah, both teams ranked there on Fox at 2.30. Ole Miss goes to Bama at 2.30. We're going to see what that Texas win over Bama actually means because Ole Miss has an offense. Um, those three games, 
Start with Colorado, Oregon, Paul, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, 21-point dogs on the road in Oregon, and they should be. Most of the public money, Bobby, is coming in hard on Colorado because these are people who've been watching game day. They see the Buffs are 3-0. and They see all the hype. They see that Shador Sanders is a great quarterback, which he is. They see, you know, all these sort of uh, star players, you know, at skill positions that are sexy. And they're just like, what disrespect? How could they be 21-point dogs? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make money on this. I, I think the smart side's the Oregon side on this. I think Colorado's going to get a little bit of a rude awakening on the road. And I think Oregon's eager to, to put a little whooping on them. So I think Oregon starts fast, and uh, I think Colorado gets hit in the face real hard, real fast. Let's see if uh, the magic of Deion Sanders continues, and he continues to prove the naysayers wrong. Ooh, uh, if I my words, I'd be happy to, but I, I don't think this goes well for the Buffs. Gotcha. UCLA, Utah. Uh, you know, Utah has not won games convincingly. No. Um, they have issues on offense right now without Cam Rising. UCLA, I mean, frankly, Chip Kelly's done a really nice job in Westwood, in my opinion, uh, for what he was left with when he started. Uh, that game's a little interesting to me, huh? Yeah, it looks like Cam Rising will get the start. Oh, we, he's back in. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you remember this. A while back in the summer, we were talking about Cam Rising, and I was like, I don't think he's going to play in non-con. I think he's going to play in conference play. And I think that's how it played out. Uh, that said, I don't expect, just because he's physically recovered, I don't expect him to be sharp. I like UCLA with the points on this road. And they have a freshman quarterback, so I say this advisedly. Playing on the road in Utah, that is the pack's worst, toughest environment. And Utah is amazing there. I just like Chip Kelly dialing up some explosives. I see some holes in this Utah defense, much less the offense. And I think people have been watching Utah play on national stage two weeks in a row uh, against Florida and against Baylor. And I don't think they factored in the fact that Florida and Baylor are not great football teams. So I like UCLA to come in here and pull off the upset. Yeah, Florida bounced back against Tennessee, but maybe Tennessee and Joe Milton aren't all that either. I don't um, think what, what's, the, what, what's the line on UCLA Utah again? You're taking it's UCLA. Up to six. So favored Utah favored, right? Utah favored. So, and so you're taking Utah. six. Interesting. All right. Uh, the last game at that 230 marker that we want to talk about Ole Miss travels to Bama. Uh, Bama has announced earlier this week and Nick Saban starting Jalen Milrow again after a one game hiatus. Uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, your thoughts on that game? How long do I have for a Tommy Rees rant? Oh, the 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 Alabama Alabama offense coordinator has been miserable in his first three games outside of South Bend. Uh, you know, the the reality of it is, is when he doesn't have a a what I would call a fundamental Jimmy's and Joe's advantage, he seems to be not very good as a coordinator. You you well, agree with that? I agree with that 100%. And also, he didn't seem to actually want to make an offense for the player that Nick Saban chose to start at quarterback. Uh, he sort of did this passive-aggressive undercutting of Milrow by trying to turn him into a pro-style quarterback. Jalen Milrow has had five quarterback design runs since he's been the starter at Bama in all of his games. Uh, look, Bobby, I don't pretend to be a, a genius, but you and I have watched a lot of the college football can a quarterback who's 6'2", 220, runs a 4'4", and throws a good deep ball, can you make an offense around that guy at the college level? 
Uh, Texas 2005 would seem to think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not putting, we're not putting Milrow at that level, but it does give you an idea. And the fact is, if you put in quarterback run game, not only will that help Milrow, it will help that Alabama offensive line that's big and ponderous and isn't getting push. Because when you add the extra man advantage in the quarterback run game, Bobby, you get to block down. You get to block down. You're not zone blocking. You're not doing all this sort of stuff that Bama's been struggling with. You get to fire out on somebody and go attack someone, and then you option the extra man on the corner. This stuff's not hard. There's junior high coaches in the state of Texas who could fashion the Alabama offense successfully. And Tommy Reese wasted the entire summer, and he wasted all their games not installing that offense. So now Bama has to install that offense on the fly in two days before Ole Miss comes to town. And Lane Kiffin is going to dial some stuff up, man. So uh, Nick Saban, ultimately the buck stops with him. He failed. He hired a bad offensive coordinator, and he made the mistake of treating him like an experienced offensive coordinator who could make big boy decisions. And Nick is going to have to pay the piper on that one. Got it. You think Ole Miss on this one? No, I, 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 I can't oh, bet. You still say no. <laughs> I can't bet on Tommy Reese's learning curve. To date, he's 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 uh, he's not cracking a thousand on the SAT, Bobby. But maybe he got a tutor. I don't know. Maybe there's someone on the Alabama staff who knows how to put in an offense, a quarterback offense. Uh, we'll see. I mean, ultimately, it's still. I still think Bama's pretty good. And as a Texas fan, truthfully, I want Bama to win because it helps us. Helps yes. our resume. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we go to these afternoon or the evening games, including Texas Baylor, uh, Paul, tell us about somebody that's a, a little more certain, actually, uh, and that is uh, our friend Gabe Winslow. Yeah, this is the anti-Tommy Rees of mortgage guys. Uh, his resume is impeccable, and uh, he would install the mortgage version of quarterback run game way back in the spring for Jalen Milroe. Because Gabe's on Johnny on the spot. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Why should you call Gabe? Well, don't call him just because he's a huge Longhorn enthusiast and he supports this podcast and this, this YouTube channel. Although that's not a bad reason. You should call him because he's awesome at what he does. He has over 20 years in the industry. And I have referred literally dozens, if not hundreds of people to Gabe over my time with my podcast. Everyone gets a trophy. And every single one has raved about his service. So, if you uh, are just getting exposed to Gabe now through Bobby and his amazing growing channel, Bobby, congratulations. Uh, pick up the phone, give him a call, and find out what he's, what he's got to offer. I, don't, I think you will not regret it. I uh, appreciate Gabe and uh, appreciate those kind words, Paul. Um, evening games for, te obviously, Texas Baylor at 630. Uh, UCF and Kansas State go at 7. Uh, that's the only other – that's the last Big 12 game. Uh, Sam Houston State and University of Houston – at six. I don't even know where, if you're going to be able to watch that unless you're in the stadium. Uh, and then on a national level, like kind of an interesting one to keep track of. Uh, and that is Arkansas LSU that has some regional appeal appeal. And the reason I say that that's interesting to keep track of LSU came out like gangbusters last week, but aren't they kind of one of those teams that you mentioned earlier that, that OU LSU tries to be a bully. And then when they can't, they meet a little bit of resistance. Maybe they don't uh, play as well as they could. I, I kind of feel like that might be LSU's MO of late, too. I, I, I think I've come up with a pretty simple algorithm for LSU. They've got bad corners. 
If you can really throw the ball and you've got receivers, they're in trouble. If you can't, LSU's going to be just fine. And I think that's going to be the question. So is KJ Jefferson lighted up with some Arkansas receivers that have been, frankly, disappointing? Probably not. So I like the Tigers in this one. Uh, the, the, plus, it's at home. I think I think they're gonna they're gonna show up. And then I think did you mention Ohio State Notre Dame? Oh, I forgot about Ohio State Notre Dame. That's yeah, that's, that's the one that, you eyes. So that's the one that goes directly against Texas uh, Baylor on ABC. Ohio State Notre Dame will most likely be the mo- most watched game of the afternoon or, or of the evening. Yeah, I, I think we'll lose that ratings war. I know yes. why. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, UCF. Let's, let's start. Go, go Ohio State Notre Dame because that is a great game. Okay. I just think it's awesome. I, I the, the problem is I don't think we know much about either team. We're three games in and both teams have looked really good. Ohio State struggled a little on offense, but it looks like their defense has improved, which has sort of been the weakness, right? Notre Dame. I mean, Sam Hartman has been a godsend to them. He has absolutely elevated their offense. But those receivers have been really, even if you watch them against Navy, Sam Hartman's making really good throws. There's not huge separation. So what happens when Ohio State walks up? This is a a, a Knowles defense, right? We know him from Oklahoma State. What happens when Ohio State walks up their corners and press man coverage, loads the box and says, separate? We don't think you can. Does it, things get a little rough for Notre Dame, right? And then similarly, how's Ohio State's new quarterback going to do in what should be a fairly hostile environment? Uh, I, I've heard some word that there's probably going to be 15,000, 10,000 Ohio State fans there, uh, which will help. But, you know, he hasn't been proven against a real football team yet. And, you know, quarterbacks like that can sometimes fall apart on the national stage. You don't really know what you got. But you're throwing the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., and that that helps. <laughs> Just hit him on a six-yard slant, and he might give you an 80-yard touchdown, right? Yeah, my my take on that game is that I think Sam Hartman's got the experience. Yeah. He's been in he has been where he's been swallowed up before and still come up come up pretty big. Uh, because he, you know, you gotta remember he played at Wake Forest, and you know, they don't have talent, you know, advantages very often at Wake Forest. Yet he still led them to winning seasons. I, I would go Notre. I would go Notre Dame because of that uh, in, in that one. What about um, UCF uh, Kansas State? That's the last one we didn't talk about. Kansas State only favored by four. Yet I thought John Reese Plumley, the UCF uh, quarterback, is is supposed to be out or injured or something. What's what's going on with this line at K State? Only up four. Great question. So this is this is so fun because it's sort of the game within the game of of college yeah. football handicapping. Uh, John Rice Plumley is indeed out. And so you're like, what gives here? Uh, Kansas State should be double-digit favorites. His replacement, Timmy McLean, is pretty good. And he can throw. So John Rice Plumley, as exciting as he is, uh, I think a lot of us just see his highlights. His lowlights include lots of fumbling and lots of throwing across his body, running right across the field, and it's brought back for a pick six. Uh, so... I think the thought is that actually Timmy McLean may actually give UCF a little bit more stabilization on offense. He's not as dynamic as John Rice Plumley, who is as literally as fast as you'll find at the quarterback position. But this guy can throw the ball. He's pretty calm. He's been a starter before at another school. He transferred in and they like him. 
And so they think he actually opens up some throwing aspects of Gus Malzahn's offense. And then Kansas State side, they just lost Daniel Green, their biggest, most physical linebacker for the season. That's mm. not good against UCF. And then also, Will Howard is really banged up to the point where if, even if he goes, he's going to be at about 80%, and he may not go at all. They also look like they may not have Treshawn Ward, the outstanding transfer from Florida State, who's also – he's kind of their, their one-two punch combo with DJ Giddens at running back. He's also their best receiving back. And they use him in that Deuce Vaughn role there, and he's been very effective so far. Looks like he's probably not going to play. So UCF plus four on the road is, to me, actually – very enticing, surprisingly. So can I just say this? You just made me want to change. Texas needs to go to K-State this weekend instead of Baylor. Yes. <laughs> uh, if Will Howard's 80%, they don't have Treshawn Ward, who I think is a good back now. Uh, that, that's interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking with Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas um, uh, here on the Saturday Conversation. Uh, Paul, we appreciate you so much. We appreciate also Gabe Winslow, our sponsor, uh, mortgagesbygabe.com, 832-557-1095. Gabe is the guy. Uh, if you're looking for a mortgage and need an expert in that, uh, that uh, for uh, buying your home, give Gabe a call. He can help you out. Also, please consider a subscription to, on to, uh, to Inside Texas. A promo code OTFIT23. Inside Texas is where Paul, myself, and a half dozen others are writing multiple articles a day. $1 for just two months, or excuse me, just $1 for two months. Must select your monthly offer there to get that special. Uh, Paul, going to be a great day of football ahead. Uh, those 11 o'clock kicks, Clemson FSU uh, on ABC. That's what I'm going to be looking forward to this morning. All right, uh, Paul Wallington, I appreciate your time, man. Have a good one. Absolutely.